The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin in the nation's capital. Steve Scalise has pulled out of the race for House Speaker. Bloomberg's Amy Morris has the latest from Washington. Representative Scalise simply didn't have the votes. I'm withdrawing my name as a candidate for the speaker-designee. Struggle only deepened divisions within the party, prolonging the House's inability to address an approaching fiscal deadline and respond to the war in the Middle East. It's much bigger than me, and it's much bigger than anybody else, and nobody's going to use me as an excuse to hold back our ability to get the House opened again. We still need to get a speaker. It is not clear where Republicans go from here. They are going to meet again later this morning to discuss what to do next. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Amy, thank you. Now let's turn to the latest in the war between Israel and Hamas. More than 2,800 people have been killed on both sides. Now Israel has called for an unprecedented evacuation of all civilians from Gaza City ahead of a likely ground invasion. This is Israeli Defense Forces spokesman Jonathan Conricus. Out of an understanding that there are civilians here whom are not our enemy and we do not want to target them. We are asking them to evacuate so that we will be able to continue to strike military targets belonging to Hamas in the Gaza Strip. IDF spokesman Jonathan Conriquez says the United Nations has 24 hours to move its staff. The U.N. says the order is impossible. It's urging Israel to reverse its decision. Israel's military says it struck 750 military targets in northern Gaza overnight. Hamas says the Israeli bombardments killed 13 of its hostages. The militant group kidnapped at least 97 people during last Saturday's attack. Well, Karen, Secretary of State Antony Blinken is traveling now to Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and other allied countries in the Middle East as part of U.S efforts to keep the conflict from spreading further. Blinken spoke in Tel Aviv yesterday. The message that I bring to Israel is this. You may be strong enough on your own to defend yourself, but as long as America exists, you will never ever have to. We will always be there by your side. And Secretary Blinken's trip to Israel comes as the U.S. reaches an informal understanding with Qatar to hold off on distributing $6 billion in oil revenue that Iran was allowed to access under a prisoner exchange deal. Well, Nathan, Iran's foreign minister is warning that militant groups backed by Tehran could open a new front against Israel if attacks on civilians continue. The foreign minister will meet today with the leader of the militant group Hezbollah in Lebanon. And Hamas called for a day of rage across the Muslim world and mass protests against Israel today. In response, Israel's National Security Council and foreign ministry warned Israelis and Jews around the world to be vigilant and stay away from demonstrations. Let's turn back to markets now, Karen. Big banks will be in focus as we close out this trading week. J.P. Morgan Chase, Citigroup, and Wells Fargo report earnings this morning, and we get a preview from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. 
Those banks are poised to write off more bad loans since the early days of the pandemic as lenders contend with consumers struggling to keep up with rising interest rates and a commercial real estate industry that is grappling with work from home and its fallout. Bank stocks are hovering near the lowest level of the year, a mark hit back in May following First Republic Bank's collapse. Among the other challenges are new regulatory proposals that would impose higher capital requirements on banks. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Charlie, thank you. We have an update on two proposed takeovers. First, the state of California is preparing a lawsuit to block Kroger's $24.6 billion acquisition of Albertsons. The FTC has been conducting its own review of the merger, which would combine the two biggest traditional supermarket chains in the U.S. On the flip side, Karen, Microsoft's $69 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard's gotten approval from the U.K.'s competition watchdog, removing the final major global regulatory hurdle that stood in the way of the biggest gaming deal ever. This morning, the Competition and Markets Authority said Microsoft's restructured offer to sell some gaming rights to Ubisoft satisfied any competition concerns it had. And Nathan, we continue to follow the trial of Sam Bankman-Fried. His former girlfriend and former CEO of Alameda Research, Caroline Ellison, wrapped up her testimony in the fraud trial. And Bloomberg's Tony Aaron says the most exciting part of Ellison's appearance came at the very end. Both the prosecutors and the defense asked Caroline Ellison about a November 2022 meeting with Alameda employees where she laid out the truth of what was going on. SBF's lawyers got her to admit that she told the employees that she admitted that there was wrongdoing. Bloomberg's Tony Aaron says the trial continues today with testimony from Zach Prince, the CEO of BlockFi, a company bailed out by FTX. Let's get to the latest on the auto workers' strike, Karen. Ford says its offer of a 23% raise to the union is the best it can do and that going any higher would hurt the company. The United Auto Workers escalated their nearly month-old strike by walking out of Ford's largest plant this week when the automaker failed to sweeten its economic proposal. And Nathan, Jeff Bezos is adding to his sprawling real estate empire. Sources say the Amazon founder has agreed to pay $79 million for a seven-bedroom mansion in Indian Creek, a man-made barrier island in the Miami area. It appears the world's third richest person got a discount. He paid about 7% less than the listing price in May. And this is Bloomberg. And it's time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Amy, good morning. Thank you, Karen. Good morning. The U.S. government will launch charter flights starting today for any U.S. citizens and their families who want to leave Israel. Bloomberg's Nancy Lyons reports. The administration says it does not have an estimate of how many Americans want to leave, but National Security Spokesman John Kirby says flights will be made available. The United States government will arrange charter flights to provide transportation from Israel to sites in Europe. They're still working through some of the details of that. Most commercial airlines ceased flying into Israel following Saturday's attack. Kirby says they're also looking at evacuations by land and sea, though no concrete missions have been announced. In Washington, Nancy Lyons, Bloomberg Radio. More than 150 House lawmakers from both parties came together last night to hold a candlelight vigil at the U.S. Capitol steps for the victims of the Hamas attack in Israel. Republican Representative Ann Wagner of Missouri. The civilian slaughter of women, children, families is beyond belief. 
We will not stand for this in Congress. Representative Wagner says they stand with Israel and the eradication of Hamas. And we told you that Hamas is calling for a day of rage and mass protests today. Well, that's also prompted warnings for Israelis and Jews around the world to be vigilant. And as a result, the striking actors union has canceled all pickets for today in Los Angeles and New York. As President Biden prepares to visit Philadelphia today to discuss his economic agenda, a shooting in a parking garage at the city's international airport last night killed one police officer and injured another. Interim Commissioner John Stanford. There are multiple suspects that were involved in this situation, so um, still trying to get some additional information on those other individuals that were involved so we can get that information out as quickly as we possibly can. Police say someone matching a suspect's description was also transported to a local hospital and pronounced dead. Still not clear if that person is connected to the shooting. Former President Donald Trump is planning to return to his civil fraud trial in New York to watch Michael Cohen testify. Trump is currently in the middle of a $250 million civil fraud case. His former lawyer is expected to give two days of testimony next week. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Amy Morris. This is Bloomberg. All right, Amy, thank you. Well, we bring you news throughout the day here on Bloomberg Radio. But now you can get the latest news on demand whenever you want it. Subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. John. Darren Braves and Phillies game four of their NLDS in Philadelphia. There were four solo home runs hit in the game and three of them by the Phillies. Swung on, hit of the air. Deep to left field. Pilar turns. That one is going to be long gone. Just under the Lysios Bakery side in left field. Trey Turner is three for three tonight and he's given the Phillies a 2-1 lead as the fireworks go up over the bell in right center field. WIP Radio had the call. That home run came fifth inning. The Turner home run coming between two by Nick Castellanos. He had hit two in game three. Austin Riley homered for the Braves in the fourth inning, but Atlanta had only four other hits against six Philadelphia pitchers. The Phillies won the game three to one. They won the series three to one, and they're back in the National League Championship Series to play Arizona. The ALCS between Texas and Houston will get going on Sunday. Clayton Kershaw roughed up in game one of the NLDS by Arizona. And will the Dodgers ace now retire? He's 35. He was asked about it, and he gave no comment. Had a great regular season with 13 wins and a two and a half ERA, but struggled in that postseason start. Thursday night football, the Chiefs had to settle for four field goals, but they beat Denver 19 to 8. Patrick Mahomes, 30 of 40, 300 yards. Travis Kelsey, nine catches, 124 yards. The Chiefs are five and one, and the Broncos are one and five. John Stanshower, Bloomberg Sports. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. 
From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. The leadership vacuum on Capitol Hill just got more intense. Steve Scalise, who just barely won nomination from his Republican Party, has now dropped his bid to be the next House Speaker. It leaves Congress unable to act, not just on government spending, but on aid to Israel, as that country's war with Hamas appears now poised for a ground invasion of Gaza. For the latest on all this, we're joined by Bloomberg News Senior Editor Bill Ferries. Bill, good morning. A frozen Congress really couldn't have come at a worse time. And now with Scalise out, it's tough to see a way out. Exactly. I mean, Steve Scalise's candidacy uh, didn't last really more than 24 hours. He uh, he's known as someone who who can count votes, and I think he immediately saw after a few hours uh, after he was picked that he didn't have the votes, and and members were coming out. You had enough members saying that they would never vote for him. Um, it's not clear that uh, the Republican Party can get 217 votes for anybody at this point. Uh, Jim Jordan, of course, got, uh, I think, 99 uh, votes from his Republican colleagues. But I think he'll face some of the same challenges that Scalise did in that there will be at least four or five Republicans who will say no way. Uh, And that doesn't that doesn't leave us with any clear plan B or plan C at this point. So it sounds as though if there were to be a plan B or a plan C, since it doesn't sound like there's enough Republican support for anyone, that the Democrats might need to be the plan B. Is is that something that appears likely at this point? Well, it's it's an idea that two, uh, two top Republican chairmen uh, who oversee foreign affairs issues, Mike Rogers, who's the Armed Services Chairman, and uh, Michael McCall, who uh, runs the Foreign Affairs Committee, uh, they both propose that uh, that possibly they you know start talking to Democrats about what concessions they would need to make to get uh, a leader approved on the floor. That's not something we've really seen in our you know in our lifetimes. Um, that kind of a negotiation. So it's not clear if the Democrats want to go down that path. Um, but it shows, I think, the kind of frustration that Republicans have at this point. I mean, it's it's total chaos. Uh, and they don't see that's a, really a sign that they don't see anyone on their side of the of the party who could win unanimous support from the party. Yeah, And up to now, there was so much urgency behind an effort to get somebody to fill the speaker's chair, because not only do we have a, another government shutdown deadline coming up uh, in the middle of next month, but now we have war between Israel and Hamas and this uh, urgent effort to try to get more support to Israel. Is, is there any movement that can happen there without a speaker to uh, move things along? Well, I mean, there's a couple of theoretical options, um, which, you know, we might might move into the realm of reality before long. One is uh, whether the House would vote to grant uh, interim speaker Patrick McHenry enough power to be able to pass a couple key bills or legislation. And I think Israel would be at the top of a lot of people's lists now, uh, both on the Republican side and the Democratic side. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, beyond that, it's it's getting very difficult to see how this kind of an aid package gets through. Some uh, members from both parties have proposed uh, up to two billion dollars in aid for Israel. Um, but uh, without a speaker or without some sort of a key decision about the interim speaker, McHenry, that's not going to go anywhere. 
And of course, uh, it does look as though we could be seeing a ground invasion uh, in in the uh, Gaza Strip now with Israel telling more than a million uh, citizens in the northern Gaza Strip to evacuate. Uh, but I mean, this is one of the most heavily populated areas in the world, as you know, Bill. And we're hearing from the United Nations that this is impossible. So where does this go from here? Right. So the United Nations uh, team in Gaza was told they had uh, just before midnight, they were told that they uh, they had 24 hours to evacuate their staff and they were told to help evacuate uh, everyone who basically lives north of uh, southern Gaza City. That's 1.1 million people. The U.N. has said it's impossible to do that kind of an evacuation uh, on such short notice, let alone even if you had time. I think it would be very difficult. Um, but it is the latest sign that uh, the ground invasion is probably getting uh, even closer at this point. Um, Egypt has uh, has said that it would like to open a humanitarian corridor in the south on its border with Gaza, but it doesn't want to take uh, have people crossing the border into Egypt. It wants to send some aid in, food aid, medical aid, water, things like that. But it doesn't want to become uh, the recipient of a mass flood of refugees. So. With the clock certainly appearing to be ticking uh, in terms of where we are on this ground invasion, uh, it's not it's not clear that uh, the situation on the ground is going to get any better anytime soon. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.